in the trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, hello, hello. Ryan Roxy here. Welcome to another live stream edition of In the Trenches uh, with Ryan Roxy. I am your host. And if this is the first time you are watching or listening to us, uh, do us a favor and just give us a subscribe right there by that button on the YouTube or Facebook Live. And if you're listening to one of the platforms that's on the Apple or uh, Google or any of those, uh, Spotify, uh, just give us a like. And if you can, uh, we'll, we'll try to provide you with as much, as much entertainment as we can in the future because we are live and in, in the trenches. And today, man, it's, it's, a, it's a friend that I've known for many, many years, and there's so many cool things to talk about. And what we were talking about right before the uh, podcast started is that this is a, his first, not, not only his first in the trenches uh, sort of appearance, but it's his first uh, sort of dive into this live streaming interviews. So we will cross our fingers and hope that the internet gods cooperate with us um i'll give you a little history about him um guitarist which is always you know i'm happy when a guitarist comes on because that means we get to talk not only stories but we get to talk some gear as well and uh we both have a lot of the same influences as well guitarist for many years uh actually for all the years that the band has been in existence the band is called the choir boys and the guitarist in question is would you welcome to in the trenches mr guy griffin guy come on up what's up hello, hello. how are you how are you doing man nice to see yeah. you great to um, see you <laughs> so when you right off the bat you can see that there's a um a comments board to the right of you on your screen. So if you need to put on your readers, like I make no excuses anymore. I wear them all the time. If you'd like to read any of the comments or yeah. if you, uh, we might have some people come on that uh, have some questions for you, but um, I'm just happy to have you here, man, because, and I'm happy to be sort of your, your first time with these uh, interviews, these live stream interviews. So welcome. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, quite a strange thing looking at the uh, <laughs> not screen. Not exactly uh, who to look to yeah. or where to look to. I'm, I'm Mr. 20th century, not 21st century. I'm, I'm dipping you're my feet a, in the 21st century. Yeah, you're still a 20th yeah. century boy. You're still a <laughs> yeah. 20th century boy. Yeah. I mean, that, that's obviously right off the bat. I'd have to say that uh, Mark Bowen, T-Rex, that's a common influence that we have. Oh, yeah, yeah. No oh, doubt. yeah. I caught you actually um, playing. Uh, was it 20th Century Boy the other day? On it the, was. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I watched your podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah. That was the that was a Sunday live stream that we did, and we're very grateful to everyone that's out there in the chat that follows that as well. Um, but I played that a little bit in part because we had had Adam Slack from the Struts on, uh -huh. uh, and yeah. he's also he's a bit you know. He's one of those kids. We're, we're, we're sort of the grandfathers at this point, or maybe we're the older yeah. uncles. We're not yeah, grandfathers no, that, that, yet. <laughs> I haven't even bothered uh, coloring this in today. Yeah, it's like, uh, whatever. No, yeah. and I haven't so shaved since the live stream. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah. But the thing is, we still have our our godfathers of rock that are still out there touring and yeah. still out. I mean, as long as Keith Richards is doing it, then he's basically the Yoda of rock and roll. But I think we all yeah. sort of follow from that sort of uh, tree. We fought, we were branches off of the Keith, tree of Keith Richards. And also I think Joe Perry is one of those 
big influences that could be seen as an older. But you and I, we're, we're getting to be uncles. We're getting to be older uncles because we have these yeah. kids in, in, in the struts that yeah. are coming up with the same influences. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it's cool seeing band, bands like that, especially since it's a, it's a UK band and doing well in the States. You know, uh, I believe they're from Derby, where, you know, and uh, that's kind of a, a, an unlikely place to come from. You know, most of us comes from London or Manchester, and, and uh, that, that makes it even cooler, you know. Oh, well, absolutely, and that's the thing. The cool equation of, or the reason why I wanted to ask you about the struts right off the bat is because, in a way, the struts are just another incarnation of a straight-ahead rock and roll band, Cla- having classic overtones, mm. and that obviously is what the choir boys are to this day. And when you started out and you, and you kicked off in the late 80s, the uh, choir boys had that had that same exact, I, I would say the press hype that the struts are probably getting in the last couple of years. Mm. The choir boys had that out of the gate and you've actually managed to just, the thing I admire most is that the choir boys have managed to continue, continue and always make records, always make music and tour today. Well, we started off the same as, as you started off or anyone else. It's, um, yeah, you you start because you have all these dreams of of all this sort of stuff happening and, and some of us get lucky enough that it you know it did happen um but you know for even 95 percent of that small percentile it doesn't last forever it lasts for a couple of years the peak of it you know right and you know you make the most of it and enjoy it while it's happening and then um and then you then you just continue with a career you know yeah and uh and sometimes it's a, it's it's a relief you know because you can just sort of concentrate more on the the musical side of it and um you know and get back to the reason you did it in the first place you know but but when it's when it's in, at that point where it's really successful and and it's all on the up there's, there's nothing more exciting so yeah, I'm sure they're enjoying themselves. You know, <laughs> absolutely. And he yeah. seemed like he was having a good time with it. They're, they all yeah. moved to Los Angeles. Um, of course, I, they did. That's yeah, what I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's right out of the book, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, right yeah. out, of, right out of the blueprint. But the yeah. thing is, um, can you remember uh, those hyped early? Uh, you know early days. I guess it was the late nineties, or, or late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Um, do you remember that sort of time or right now, does it seem like it was a little bit fuzzy? Cause for um, me, honestly, things in the late eighties <laughs> up through pretty yeah. much two thousands, there are a little bit fuzzy for me. I think a, a lot of, um, a lot of that era is very clear to me because I was, uh, I was really sort of new to it. You know, I was only like 19 when I joined the band and then at 20, I was in Los Angeles, you know, recording at Cherokee Studios with, you know, Rod Stewart's producers. And, you know, it, it was just, it was cra- crazy looking back on it. Um, Here's a funny side note. I, when I, when I was living in Los Angeles and it was, it was a couple of years before that, just a couple, yeah. but when I moved down there in, in 83, 84, <laughs> I was the 
night shift at Cherokee Studios. So I was probably, you know, I was sort of brushing off the cocaine from the uh, 24 track. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was, you know, there was a lot of sweeping in the late night shift, but mm. I would always go into one of those little small uh, studios and crank up Cheap Trick. You know, and because it was yeah. no one else was there, and it was like yeah. bands, bands like Motley Crue and Crocus. It was a, it was a little bit before you get that that wave of your band had mm. uh, started getting in there and recording. But yeah, I, I remember Cherokee Studios as yeah. well. You know, it's amazing. It was just amazing, amazing times. You know, uh, so yeah, I, I remember a lot of that. Even um, even though obviously there was a lot of um, partying going on, but like I said, I was like I was a young youngest member of the band and i was very green you know so um so it was it was actually yeah it's quite fun it you know it's quite quite a funny thing to throw a nine yeah nine 20 20 year old guy from bedford in, into uh los angeles uh, uh, you know I, I, at that i'd lived in london for a little bit so you know wasn't but your home green, is but... is Bedford, and Bedford's a, a slightly out. Um, one of our one of our team members, one of the Roxy Guitar Army members, uh, Robbie Miller. He's from Bedford as well. Um, I guess Bedford yeah. is the home of Robbie Miller, Guy Griffin, and uh, John Oliver. Those three. Did yeah. you guys ever? Did you guys ever meet up at a pub at, at one time? <laughs> no, I remember no. meeting. No, huh? No. I, well, I'm I'm prob- you know I'm a, probably a few years older than john oliver and uh it's funny i was in los angeles a a couple of months ago and there was a big billboard and i was like it was this sort of school picture you know um as some geeky kids you know and then i realized oh it's him and and someone said oh yeah he's from bedford and uh i thought he went to bedford school which was the uh posh school you know uh private school right and um but it turns out he actually did go to the same school as as I went to, and I believe Robbie went to the same school as I did. He's as shaking well. his head yes backstage. I can see. Yeah, so. Mark, so Mark, you guys Mark Rutherford. Went to school. Nice man. The well, school let, of hard knocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me uh, let me ask you then about being this kid in Bedford and playing guitar. Um, what? Who were those early sort of idols, and how did the choir boys find you? Because I. I I, the story that I have been told is that Ginger from the Wild Hearts was the original guitar player of the Choir Boys, and then mm. you went in to fill his spot. How did they yeah. find nineteen-year-old kid, and who were you listening to? Um, well, um, well, my, my all my influences were um, was ACDC, really. I mean, that was when from that age, you know, when I first started playing guitar, or what. Mm you know when i wanted to start playing guitar that was acdc all the way um and then discovered other things along the way um i started playing in bands when i was about 16 and um i started playing a band that was doing covers by a band called dr feelgood which were like a sort of punky sort of r&b what we call r&b band in, in the uk which is kind of like pub rock Sort of more like the Clash and all that sort of stuff, but it was before sort of, before the, the Motley Crue song, obviously. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the band Doctor Feelgood and the the guitar player Wilco Johnson is just out of this world, you know. And um, but it was that sort of stuff that was easy, not easy to play, but you could do a, a ver- your version of it, you know. And, so you played uh, your share of pub gigs. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Before I joined the Choir Boys, 
Was, it, was, it, was that with uh, Cradle Snatchers or was yeah? That with, then like, I went on to do that. When, that that's that was by that time that was when there was all that sort of uh, Hanoi rocks and all that kind of stuff. You know, that was getting into uh, Lords of the New Church and uh, all that kind of thing. You know, uh, Johnny Thunders and you know. There was more New scarves York getting into the mix. A little bit more yeah, scarves, there, there was more, more velvet. <laughs> there, was, there was more of mum's wardrobe coming into the mix. <laughs> well, you, yeah. you can understand that, you know, at that time, I, I'm the same age as you, roughly yeah. around there, yeah. maybe a few years older, younger. I don't even know at yeah. this point. It doesn't even really matter. But my band's living in New York. We're, we're flying over to London to make our record with Tony Visconti at the wow. Gooder Studios, and you know, I didn't know you. I didn't know you did the album with him. Yeah, that that that's that's amazing. Yeah, that was wow. a big historical yeah. thing for us. We were yeah. really happy that we we were able to get Tony to do it. We recorded at Good Earth, and the, the Good Earth Studios had the same sort of reputation, I guess, as Cherokee Studios in yeah. L.A. So it's almost like we switched places because the band had moved from L.A. to New York, but we were and and we would go down to I think it was Kensington or. Um, uh, any any one of those markets down yeah. there in London in the market yeah there was the indoor one where we're all the, at the time it was the indoor market in Kensington where they'd have uh, where you get all the cool clothes and um that's where Freddie Mercury and Roger Taylor first had their clothing oh, yeah. store in there you know well we definitely so, I mean we were definitely borrowing from the same uh album covers i would definitely say that the, yeah the, 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 image wise uh rock and roll influence wise uh, i'm just not sure who had the pair, first pair of fizzy jeans i'm pretty sure you had a pair of fizzy black fizzy stretch pants before i did yeah <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> and, and here's what people don't that might not know in the chat but i i did i did mention it when i was hyping up the show is that we, the Electric Angels band, were able to be the support band for your first U.S. tour. Now, yeah. and and like again, my memory is a little bit fuzzy of those days. I'm glad yours what isn't so much, but I do remember one particular late night uh, Denny's sort of breakfast type thing after a show. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> I remember something then. No, but with me and you and a, a couple other people had gone out to. to it was one of the sh few shows that well, we had you, done. Oh, oh, on on that tour. On that yeah. tour, yeah, uh, it was after the show, and then we yeah. just hang out and we talked rock and roll. Oh, and not, I, in, not in L.A. when we uh, after because I remember on the East Coast. Yeah, I remember. I remember like. Well, I remember those shows. That, I remember the Cat Club, and then you know all that kind of stuff, and then we did all those East Coast shows, and um. And I remember you, thinking your your singer was amazing. He was just like this <laughs> rock star, Shane. you know. Yeah, was Shane. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. trust me, man. Uh, Shane thought he was amazing as well, and, and yeah. as, as we all did. I mean, that was his yeah. thing. He he definitely he definitely was able. To, he was yeah. uh, very. Most uh, singers have to have that kind of thing. Don't charismatic. They? That, that, oh yeah. That's, is that the word? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but. <laughs> Well, you have one. You have a, a definite charismatic singer in Spike, and yeah. the thing is, the, the what what I admire most is that obviously, uh, singer guitar player relationships. I bring them up a lot over yeah. over the years. Uh, that singer guitar player relationship can be a little bit a roller coaster at at times. It can be ups, there can be downs. Yeah. But you guys have uh, always remained, you know, 
pretty pretty tight with each other pretty much making records with each other the whole entire time um i know you've played in other bands we're going to talk about them but uh what is the relationship with with spike and what is it that makes it so special that bond that you guys have um i'm not sure i haven't, sp- I haven't spoken to him since we got back from america though but, uh, all right <laughs> no, 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 it's just the usual you know no actually i haven't really been in touch much with any of the bands since we got back um i think this is like the first time we've had a an actual break in 20 years you know more than two weeks or something so i think everyone's it, it it's almost been a breather for everyone but um yeah. but Your yeah i mean you know the work ethic that the band has, I would really like people, I'd like for you to explain it to the people because when I think about it, when Robbie's explained it to me before about what your cycle is, I think it's actually could be a, a good blueprint for other bands to follow if they want to put that amount of work in because that's what's giving you the longevity of being in the choir boys for so long. What, yeah. Just tell us what sort of your schedule you'd have normally. If it wasn't these weird times, and I understand that right now, thank you. By the way, for a lot of us, we are we are enjoying this this break because it's giving us a yeah. chance to sort of take a time out and having or or dive into lots of creative stuff. But what is a normal year cycle for the Choir Boys? I know it's it's, it's an album tour, rehearse album tour, but but uh, apart from apart from the rehearsals. <laughs> there, there aren't honestly there aren't really many we don't rehearse we just um we go in and do a record you know we have the ideas for the record you know in the days the, the, in the era of garage band and all that kind of stuff you can send stuff to people and then um we get together in a studio and knock it out in the studio and that's it you know and then when it comes to the tour we um we, we we might have one rehearsal before a tour just to go to, to decide which new songs we're going to put in the set. If not, it's just it's just sound checks and stuff like that. It's just uh, uh, the necessity because um, we all live as far flung from each other as you could possibly imagine in the mm-hmm. UK. Uh, just to get everyone together, it's just you know putting everyone in hotels and a rehearsal room and all that sort of stuff. So where about, you're talking to us from that. right now, where you're talking to us from right now, is yeah. that sort of your, is this your idea room? Is this where you write yeah. a lot of the ideas? And because I see the guitar yeah. in the background, if we can get a full yeah. shot of that, I see there's some sort of uh, Gibson 175 or is that yeah. a one? Well, yeah, it, it looks, like it, it, look, it looks like a Gibson. That's the main thing. Ah. <laughs> it's oh, not I didn't a see the headstock. <laughs> no, it, it, no, it's, it's a great guitar. It's, um, it's a vintage, uh, by JHS, which we, we have a sort of, deal with kind of a deal with and um yeah. and i use a lot of their guitars uh Fair but you, that's that's like a semi-acoustic I don't, I don't get to use that with the choir boys um but it's it's nice for strumming around it looks nice on the wall as well well i know that you don't yeah. do you you haven't done a lot of live stream interviews but you by far win the audio uh, award for best microphone and voice quality ah. so far of all our guests all right i wish you could uh, <laughs> You should could show show a couple of our guests. You know, yeah. no, it, it's better than an uh, than an iPod uh, than yeah. I, you know, an iPod. Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm lucky. Um, my my girlfriend Michelle, she's she's uh, a DJ and also she she does voiceovers. So okay. in this studio, there's a sound booth just to the right of me, and um, 
so got a couple of nice mics. I don't know how to use them. She's set it up for me. So yeah, she was setting yeah. it up before the show. It, it sounds yeah. great. Though. But thank yeah. you. So does everybody out there? And now your internet's working good. I mean, everything's just flowing. I, right now. And yeah, I, like I won't. That. I won't move. I won't. I've <laughs> told not to move too much. So I want to go back a little bit to uh, the era of when the choir boys were kind of uh, not just on top of, of, of London, but you guys were doing uh, on top of the world in, in many respects. You did a, a really big show, the monsters of rock with uh, yeah. white snake, Aerosmith, poison, the band of thunder. Uh, that was in Japan. Has, has Japan always been a big audience for you? And, or, um, well, the monsters of rock one that wasn't in Japan. That was in, uh, uh, that was in UK. And then oh, went around yeah, Europe. Of course, Monsters of Rock but, is UK. New yeah. Year's Eve, New Year's Eve in Japan yes. was fifty thousand. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. I got my notes wrong. One. Robbie wrote them down right. I don't want to See? throw Robbie under the bus. Good well, notes. Well, <laughs> sweet. You know, you get people from Bedford working behind the scenes. That's what happens. You know. <laughs> so those shows, yeah. uh, those shows, because some of the questions that came in uh, earlier were like, how how do those shows feel to play as opposed to uh, smaller club gigs because you've actually done the gamut of them as I have, mm. whether it's my solo band or whether I get to go play bigger places with Alice Cooper or whatever. Um, I know what it feels like for me, but how does yeah. it feel for you to go from that club to stadium and, and back? Well, and yeah, there's the old cliche. A lot of people say, oh yeah, every, every, every gig's the same and, you know, and there's a great, but you know, that's, Let's be honest, you know, if you're playing in front of a hundred thousand people or ninety thousand people, the buzz is a, a little bit more, you know. Um, yeah. you know, playing club gigs and uh, you know, is amazing because it's more of the music, you know, and you're really it's more uh concentrated. Whereas when you're playing the, a gig like that, it's not so much the music, it's just the whole the 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 vibe and the just the intense feeling you know of, of, of being in that situation you know whereas uh if you're playing a a club or a, a theater is probably the optimum gig i think because you know it's two or three thousand people spot. yeah yeah you yeah. reach a bunch of people you get that adrenaline yeah. from their their energy yeah but at the same time it's pretty intimate as you're well. probably not listening when you're playing to eighty thousand people a night that's for whatever or even more than yeah twenty thousand people you you're not sort of concentrating so much maybe on what you're playing. You're kind of in the zone or in the moment of it. Does that make sense? I don't know how it is for you, but I mean, you, you're, you're, you know, you do a lot more of those sort of shows than I do. So, but you know, that's how I 3000 people you can get, you can actually be a little bit more. uh, It seems like it's more people when you're in front of a theater crowd, like you mentioned. Yeah because the people are right in front of your face as opposed to if you do play larger places sometimes that the, the, there's the barricade is is far enough away where it doesn't seem real yeah. enough at first. It yeah. feels like you're almost at a rehearsal studio yeah. and there's a bunch of people way over there watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, 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 it's crazy. I, would, I, I saw that I saw that one you, you did in um, Australia, which looked cr- pretty crazy. The, with the, Queen, yeah, that was just that, recently... Yeah, that's, that was that, one of the last cool. uh, sh- the last shows of the year that we did. <laughs> this sounds yeah. so weird to say it in February, yeah. but yeah, we, we, we were uh, we were lucky enough to open up for Queen, and uh, well, like I said, it, it must be the same sort of feeling 
you know, to play with Queen that, that you must have had, you know, doing Monsters of Rock with Aerosmith. And the only thing different is that you're playing Monsters of Rock in the UK and you probably had, did you ever go to Monsters of Rock concerts yeah. before as a, as a, as a fan, you know, oh, and then all of a oh, you're doing it. it was, it was, it was, it was such a big, it, such a big thing because um, rock was never a big thing. It's a real underground thing in the UK, right. even though, there's a hundred thousand people that, that you know turn up for this show which for just five five bands you know so I, I i went to four or five of them before that and i actually went to the one before i actually played it um i went to the last one i went was i think it was iron maiden headlining and um guns and roses were the opening band and that's when unfortunately a couple of tragedy a couple right, of people yeah. died right. and i was in the audience at that and uh, and um, and then they, because of what happened, they didn't have it the next year, which was 1989. And then 1990, I was playing. I was I wasn't wow. in the crowd. I was on stage. You know, See, growing <laughs> up in the, when I was growing up in the Bay Area, Day on the Greens that was the sort of equivalent yeah. to your Monsters of Rock. And I remember, yeah. you know, I was able to take an actual movie camera not a vhs folks this was like eight millimeter i brought an eight millimeter fil- uh, filming camera to go watch cheap trick and i filmed them i remember going up to the front row and filming cheap wow. trick and journey yeah. headlines so it was a couple of years earlier but i'm i'm actually really happy for you that you were able to play that huge uh festival that mm. you kind of were went as a went as a fan one year and then you're on stage the next oh right? yeah i mean i saw I, one year I went there and the two opening bands were Metallica and Bon Jovi. Uh, ZZ Top were the headliners. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that seem weird now? Like when yeah. You think about it, how the, the positioning of bands yeah. go. And you're actually, you actually have another band with one of those headliners. Uh, yeah. Headlines all, all the time. And that's called the down and outs. I, I know that a, a lot of, uh, guy griffin fans know about that already but maybe there's some people in the chat that don't know about the down and outs and the band that you have with uh def leopard lead singer joe elliott uh can you talk about the down and outs and then uh and and who's in the band are there i know there's a couple of the choir boys in it or yeah artists and so tell us yeah we've got um well the the other members outside of joe is uh paul gurin on guitar from the choir boys uh keith weir on keys from the choir boys and uh we've got uh phil martini who's in a band called wayward sons that are doing well in the uk um he and he played with the choir boys for a while mm. and um and share uh from uh from vixen oh so, share playing bass that's yeah, awesome yeah, yeah she's she, great she's, on it oh she's fantastic you know uh What's she she actually did a gig she, sorry, she uh, she did a gig with the Choir Boys uh, when we did the Monsters of Rock cruise a few years ago, and uh, she she hadn't had a rehearsal with us. We just got together in the the cabin or whatever and went through the songs, and she learned everything. And it's one of the best 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 bass players I've ever played with. So when we need <laughs> when we needed a bass player, I said, Joe, that I know you might have to pay for a few flights for her and stuff, but she's amazing and, and it worked out great. And especially and with her backing vocals as well, you know, it brings a different thing to it. 
And her personality is so cool. Oh, she's yeah, great. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, she's a great band member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done yeah. a lot of uh, we've done a lot of shows with Vixen throughout the years, Alice and Vixen. So we we always kind of meet yeah. and catering and say hello. Maybe you know yeah. what? She'd be a great person to have on in the dentist. You, you should. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. We'll give her a call out. Yeah. Bobby, get on it. No. <laughs> Actually, this t- this this t shirt I'm wearing is um her husband Bam from the Dogs to More. From Dogs to More, yeah, and and Choir Boys actually, he just, he just played with us on the U.S. tour. Nicely we done. Just did. Yeah, there you go. See the segue I did there. So there, yeah, there's one of his t- one of their t-shirts, and he makes fantastic jewelry. Unfortunately, I'm not wearing it at the moment, but usually I put it on for gigs. His jewelry, it's really cool stuff. Well, you didn't know yeah. that uh, you didn't know that Tony Visconti produced the Electric Angels. This is another story you might not know. Bam and the Dogs to More, they. We opened up for them in New York City. Electric Angels did, and that's the show that we got our record deal. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's all intertwined. I mean... All this, all this rock and roll <laughs> stuff, isn't it? So, so there was a little bit of a break from uh, from Choir Boys, and you did move yeah. out to Los Angeles, and you, you yeah. like you said, you you took it. The struts have t- are taking it from the Guy Griffin Choir Boys uh, handbook, but you moved out to Los Angeles and yeah. you started a band called Glimmer. And oh yeah, yeah. I'd I'd like to you know maybe talk a little bit about Glimmer and yeah. was this was this your was this your taking a stab at lead singing? Was this your finding your own self? What was how did it come about? And um, I see that you were on Atlantic records, which was the same yeah. label that uh, I was on with electric angels. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, how did that work have, out for you? Well, th- we're talking about our, our other bands. Yeah. No, no, it was, yeah. Um, well, the thing is after the choir boys uh, split up, um, you know, I, I wasn't quite sure what to do. I had a couple of, attempts at putting bands together and it was very difficult so um so basically I, I was just writing songs and uh trying to decide what i wanted to do which direction i wanted to go in um i didn't want to try and do anything like the choir boys it's no point you know and and i, I can't sing like spike you know there's no, no point one can trying sing to, like spike there's, there, there's no point in trying to replace that so um right. So basically, um, I started finding my voice, if you know what I mean, as far as singing. You know, you, you can't really just figure out what how you, how it's going to be or how it's going to sound until you, you're playing in rehearsal rooms with a, trying to get above the volume of a rock and you know proper rock and roll volume band. So way before um, inners, folks. This is before you know, in ear monitors, and everybody has yeah. like you know high fidelity sound in their rehearsal room. Yeah. This, actually just renting out a, a by the hour place with probably a shitty amp and, yeah. and cranking it up because that's the only thing you can do. Yeah, basically. So uh, I, I did all these, I did a lot of demos. Um, I used to work out of a studio in Santa Monica called um, fourth street studios. And um, the, the guy who owned the studio, Jim work, he was fantastic. Uh, had some great ideas and it was an old studio that used to belong to the beach boys. And, right. um, and they had all this old gear in there and, um, he would put Jim would play bass with me, uh, for a while. I had this, I had a drummer called bones who, who was in LA guns for a while. It was this amazing drummer. 
And so I had those two do a couple of showcases for me. And um, it was that thing. I just went around and around. Every record company was about was about to sign us and in the last minute didn't sign us. And uh, I mean, yes, the, they, wanted, they wanted to hear. Can we hear just one more song? We just yeah, one more I, song. I mean, I, I remember. I, I mean, this is back in the day when there was a lot of money floating around. I mean, I got flown out to New York. Actually, I had Muddy from um, Burning Tree. Who, Muddy's a uh, great band. Yeah, Muddy, Muddy Stardust. For those of you that are uh, yeah. listening on the chat right now, he was yeah. actually the missing Los Angel that wasn't on our last Tuesday's uh, live stream in the trenches. Well, he was the only just, one that didn't show up, but he's amazing. Amazing. And he would always carry his bass in his. Would he'd always carry his bass in his trunk? Did he have his yeah, bass in his trunk yeah. with you? <laughs> yeah, I played in a few bands with Muddy. Um, I played in his band, which was called Loaded, and I played in that in LA. But um, I remember they flew me and Muddy and the drummer we had at the time, Martin, and who ended up being the drummer in who was with me all the time, and he ended up in you know being the drummer in Glimmer. And we, they flew us out to New York, Mercury Records, and Shani Goldberg, and all that. Yeah. Oh, all that sort of stuff, you know. And um, wine and dine, right? Oh yeah, limos. You know, <laughs> going out to Connecticut to do these demos, and then they decided they didn't want to sign us. So I was like, all oh, right, well, whatever, you know. Well, I didn't say why, whatever. I wasn't, I wasn't very happy about it. But you're looking at two so, guys um, that were in the music business when there was money in the music yeah. business. Uh, we love it, but we we're, we're we're kind of loving it and being creative now because at least we realize that we're all on the same level playing field. But back yeah. then, they definitely had the checkbooks and they were writing checks. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It, it the whole thing holy grail was getting a record deal wasn't it you know you had to get a record deal right and uh you know and in la it was all the talk did you hear so and so got a million dollars or you know and you think you know they don't mention that's the you know you've got to pay all that money back you know it was uh, the equivalent of instagram followers if you had yeah. this many followers then uh, you know then that, that was the equivalent of some yeah. sort of record deal you know yeah <laughs> um I'm glad that uh, that we're broadening your horizons and teaching you about new bands to look at. You sometimes yeah. you have to go back to go forward. Um, I'm seeing that was this like a, a power trio band or was it a power pop trio? It, yeah, it started off like it. It kind of started off like that, and then um, and then I had a. a a good friend. I, I went actually. We went. I went back to England for a little while because it didn't look like it was going to happen in LA. So I went back to England for about six months, and um, uh, I ended up getting um, a friend of mine from Bedford, Luke uh, Bossendorfer, and he was a school friend from Mark Rutherford, right. where Robbie went to school as well. And school um, of hard knocks. yeah, the school of hard knocks, and um, he. He was a guitar player, but um, he said, "I'll I'll I'll help you out with the bass player because we didn't have, we'd lost the bass player." And um, and then I got a record. I, I I was offered a record deal whilst I was in England. Come back to America, so I went yeah. back. To, yeah, so I went back to America, and Luke had to make a decision, a life changing decision, and he he moved to America with me, and he's still there in Los Angeles and uh doing very well for himself and he ended up playing the quiet boys for a little bit and um so 
Dan the choir boys seem yeah. to be like a lot of members of the choir boys. Yeah. Like you know, whether it's for a short time or if, could you be the uh, UK LA Guns? Could you be the version of UK LA Guns well, where, you any, have, where you have to go? Only one the, of us. There's only one of us at the moment. So. <laughs> there's only one version. Yeah, that's uh, right. There's only one yeah. version. There's like about two or three with LA Guns yeah. at any Compli- given moment. <laughs> complicated. <laughs> well, um, at, at one point, at one point you guys all do get back together, you know, and, and the nucleus is obviously is you and Spike, you guys get together and you get to the point where you get in this groove and, and I'm just look studying your discography. You get into this groove where you put out an album almost every single year. And that's the cycle that I was telling people about yeah. the work ethic. Uh, you know, it's from whether it's 2008, 2009, maybe a couple of years off. And then there's another beautiful curse, 2013, black eyed sons, 2014, St. Cecilia, 2015, twisted love, 2016, white trash blues, 2017. So what is that cycle like for you guys to just record tour record tour i guess rehearsing I, I i we mentioned is not always part of it you don't need to at this point you know yeah. all the songs wow look at that yeah. vic has got all the album covers up yeah that was quick okay well that was yeah i remember that one it's one of them mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so with all those albums i mean are you do the ideas do you feel pressed for ideas or are they coming because you know the cycle of writing has to happen during this time how do you do that? Because I'm always, I can go through definite drought of like, you know, I, I, mm. I don't know what a riff is anymore. I don't know what a guitar riff is. But then there's other times where I'm like, oh man, I can write a lot of songs in a quick succession. Mm. How does your process work with that? Uh, well, usually there's a few sort of things knocking around on the phone. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just press record on the phone with a guitar or just sing something into a phone. And then the next day you listen to it, go, what the hell's that? You know, it sounds like some <laughs> madman just sort of, you know, mumbling into a phone. But um, sometimes there's there's some good stuff there. And like Garage Band, sometimes, you know, I, I never I never do a full uh, demo or anything. My attention spans to, you know. <laughs> for doing the whole song but but if i I've always got the say there's first people chorus, there's people you know, much more qualified to do put it together yeah to, to put it together into yeah, a yeah. song and th- those people are called producers that's how that's exactly yeah. why they produce music we're, yes. we're definitely on the same page when it comes to yeah. that um, but at the same time we do both share this the love for the performance and for the mm. live show and when you do play live shows which you do play a lot of them um what is your sort of guitar of choice, your equipment of choice? Because I, I see that, you, you know, you were talking about uh, the vintage guitars that you have, and that's the main yeah, one you play. I see somebody, uh, Gregory, talking about the gear here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah. a lot of times what we'll do is we'll, we'll sort of vacillate from uh, good old rock and roll stories and sort of us going down memory lane in some ways to, like, my other second sort of rabbit hole that I like to fall into mm. besides Pornhub is a, uh, you know, <laughs> equipment hub, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. So, and, and you like go, okay, what type of equipment are you using? And I saw that, yeah. uh, are you using the blue amp as well? I've, I've been using uh, myself and Paul have been using those for about five years. And 
Uh, sit before. Well, ju- I ju- use one too. I, I did. I know. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, just, just when they, um, because the the company JHS that we do um, a lot of our, our guitar stuff, vintage. They also do a lot. They distribute a lot of stuff. Uh, they're one of the biggest music distributors in the UK. So um, uh, the the Blug or the you know the Blue Guitar, the Thomas Blug. Yeah, Thomas uh, amp. Blue, yeah. and um, Luke. Sorry, and Thomas um, Blue Amp One. They're they're really for those of you yeah. out there that are uh, guitarists, and I know there's a, a lot of you out there listening. Um, you do have to check it out. It is the the one. It fits on your pedal board, and it's the one sort of pedal board amp, the only one that I've ever played through. Mm. I feel can compete with a quote unquote real yeah. amp. Like for me, yeah. I'm a JCM 800. I love that sound i love it feels like you're pushing air so there you go susan burkholder officer burkholder longtime listener she has gone to a couple of our goon squad gigs i play whenever we have a club gig like if you're on you know kind of like an off night of the alice cooper tour when it's a night off we'll 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 book a gig under the, the goon squad and i will bring out my little amplifier my, my pedal board and it's good it's great for you you do a lot of flying dates so it's probably good for that yeah we we fly in i mean basically it's like old chuck berry style we, we don't bring any of our own gear when we go on tour apart from the uk i've got all this all these amps in our storage and they never get used anymore because <laughs> they only get used once a year for a uk tour and now i don't even use the normal amp my i've got Hughes and Kettner amps, which I think I believe that Thomas Bluke was uh, a designer for those amps. He was working for those, yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I, I was using those anyway, and um, and now I just I just use those all the time. Um, right. we, we've done all these big, fe- yeah. You do like Wacken Festival or one of these, yeah, Sweden Rock, and I put the thing down, plug it in with the long speaker lead into the cabinet and that's it i'm ready to go mm-hmm. plus a tuner that's all i need you know <laughs> has you your know. has your guitar of choice whether it's not maybe the brand has has changed yeah. but but has um, the actual shape has the shape yeah. changed over the years were you it's, ever like once a les paul guy and now i was Kelly guy I was, I was totally uh when, when the choir boys when i when i first joined the choir boys i was less less paul and um i remember when i went for the audition or whatever you know and once i got the the job they uh they said you're gonna have to get another guitar because i had some cheapo sort of you know guitar <laughs> so i went and went to uh wherever it was in london and got this uh picked out upper gibson a less a less paul yeah, yeah, Les Paul standard, and uh, and 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 I ended up with a Les Paul custom, which Luke Bossendorfer owns now. That um, way, at, at that yeah. year, that weighed about as much as you did. It must have. Oh, the the, the <laughs> custom, the custom was just, yeah. So uh, we're we're not giant guys, and 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 when nah. you have a Les Paul custom, it's so heavy, especially I'd be like <laughs> this now. If you know, I, if I was still playing those, so. Um, but yeah, because uh, Guy Bailey, uh, the, the original guitar player in the Choir Boys and main songwriter back then, um, he was playing Telecasters. So I played Les Paul. Um, when the band got back together, um, 
I think it was when Luke was the guitar player. He he had that that Les Paul Custom, which he'd bought off me, and it sounded miles better than my one. So I I switched over to um, Telecaster, and uh, Paul Gurin, who plays who plays with us now, has played with us for I don't know seventeen yeah. years or something. He he's a real Les Paul guy, and he's got great Les Pauls. So I would that, that Telecaster you know? would that Telecaster shape have anything to do with Keith Richards and that sort of. Well, it, look, it helps. It looks cool as well. Yeah, yeah it does. It's it hangs. It hangs well, doesn't oh, it? Trust me, I've got my eye. I've got my eye on a Telecaster for the next tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I see. There's one person that might remember that late '80s uh, East Coast tour, uh, even better than both of us. Because I told you, you know, I'm a yeah. little. You might be. You didn't remember. <laughs> That, that dinner at Denny's or that late night breakfast at Denny's. But here is the original drummer of the Electric Angels, John oh Schubert. He's well, there. I just wanted to say, hey, John. Hey, mate. Hey. We're all still here. We're all still alive. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I, now, John, I, you do need to get a haircut. If that's original, if that's your current haircut, John, which I know it's not, but I, but I love that picture. That's his, that's his shot from candy. I can tell you. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we're all jealous trust me he might be jealous of himself in that profile pic but john i, I uh, if you want to come on and say hello right now maybe uh vic it's time to open up because we'd like to get some people on they'd like to ask a question uh for with griff and just hang on screen with griff if you have a question about uh, choir boys about the down and outs uh, or just about you know uh, guys you know general hygiene whatever you want we're um we, we've been very lucky to have a friendly internet um, right now. And um, I think it's time, Vic, if you want to put out the, uh, the uh, sort of pathway to have people come up, that'd be great. But um, like I said, if Griff, if people want to find out more about the choir boys, what is you, in just about you in general, what is your social media of choice these days? Um, well, Personally, I'm uh, Instagram. Um, I've never been on uh, on Facebook, which right. I might have to if if I do anything in the future. Yeah, you can bypass but, um, Facebook now because now now yeah. Instagram is the sort of the new Facebook, and then everybody's yeah. switching over to some some sort. I've of been on Instagram Facebook. for quite a long time. I'm I'm uh, my my Griff, handle. Yeah, Griff sixty nine picks. Do we have a do we have a graphic for it, Vic? Yeah. yeah, let's see if we have a graphic uh, for it. Um, did Vic not put that up? Oh man, Vic, really? Oh well. <laughs> no, he's got. It. Um, he's and then, then um, I'll pro- I'm I'm in the process of setting up. Um, I haven't posted anything, but it'll be uh, Guy Griffin official to do oh. music stuff. You know, so I'm going to do that. I'm getting all 21st century now, and obviously the Choir Boys stuff is all there. You know www.choirboys and the choir boys on instagram and uh the choir uh, choir boys this is rock and roll on put, uh, facebook cool let's put that uh, let's put that uh yeah. screen on right real quick at griff one one more time so for his instagram uh vic do you have that there you go at griff 69 picks so start following that right now if you're not uh subscribing to our video uh channel or the ryan roxy official please do that um right now as well and uh, as we have the studio fill with some people that might want to come on and ask griff a question uh we will answer this question will we get a new down and outs lp in 2021 well i hope so um we had with 
you know, high hopes for going out and touring this, uh, the, the new album, uh, This Is How We Roll. Uh, obviously, Def Leppard are very busy, Choir was very busy, Vixen, everyone very busy. But um, And then with everything that was happening well in the world right now, um, that put paid to that. But uh, it's going to be a continuing thing. We all love doing it. Um, and uh, it was great. We, 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 we just got the... Um, album of the year from uh, planet rock in uh oh, nice, the uk man. congratulations yeah so thank you i've got it over here look i was told to bring this please do well, please show it now of course the internet's acting up a little bit so it's kind of a little bit uh it's like your award how's that a, yeah it looks a little bit like your awards in witness protection but uh it's okay, okay. no it's <laughs> so uh yeah that's so awesome, congratulations on yeah, the award thanks thanks it, you know did it start out as the doubt announced? Did it start out as just a jam band that because you guys all like T Rex, you all like oh, you know the same type of old school rock, and then it um, morphed into original, or was it always yeah. an original project from the beginning? No, um, it all came together because um, at the time we um, the Choir Boys were uh, with a, a record label, or the guy had the record label uh, was called Mick Brown, and he um, he was involved with Ian Hunter and but still is and um joe elliott is a massive fan and you know of everything mock the hoople and Absolutely. um so when they were getting together um they wanted joe to do something for the you know put something together for the show and then uh it was like well when you get the guys from the choir boys i mean they they're total mock the hoople you know so um right so that's how it was put together. And then we did all these rehearsals doing all these songs, uh, not by Mott the Hoople, but all the offshoot bands of Mott the Hoople, like the British Lions and Mott. And uh, we did the gig and it went down fantastic. It was at Hammersmith Odeon. You know, it was, it was just, just a dream come true playing with Mott the Hoople. And then it just seemed we can't just leave <laughs> Well, I can tell, I can that, tell it's know? a dream come true because you called it Hammersmith yeah. Odeon. It's, it's yeah. now Hamio. What is it now called? Something else by some company. Oh, it's called the Verizon you know. Center. It's all yeah. it's yeah. called Live so Nation Ham- something. Yeah. Hammersmith Odeon. Yeah, well, that's that's all always it is. be that. That's all it, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's where that's the Ziggy Stardust stage, you know, that's where he announced that was the end of Ziggy Stardust, and that was Ham- Hammersmith Odeon. Ah. So, that, well, yeah. that's where that's where I was able to film uh, brutally live. The, the, there you go. It's, it's, DVD. it's it's a guy, and I think at yeah. that point was it called? Yeah, it was Hammersmith Apollo or something like that. Yeah, the Apollo. Yeah, yeah, it, it was when we played with Mott the Hoople. But perfect. Uh, well, hey, same please. Place. Your thoughts about Spanish guitar? We have a, a question about Spanish guitar. Yeah do do you do you play Spanish guitar? Have you ever? No, no. No, so I wish I could. I wish I could. I can do that sort of ding, 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 do one thing <laughs> and make it look convincing, and that's it. You know, I wish I could. I, I'm, I'm actually, when I started, I used to be able to play, uh, you know, finger picking style, and I'm trying to get back into that because I'm useless at it nowadays. You know, <laughs> I got late. I got lazy with it. Well, what I did find over the years is that you've gotten much better and much more accomplished at slide guitar is that always been something yeah did you is it like 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 well in slide and because i was always i could always fake it 
enough on tape or fake it enough, you know, when yeah. we demo to, but, but I've seen you play it live and you've actually become quite good at it, man. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Um, well, I only, I'm, I'm kind of faking it as well. You know, I, I play in open G, you know, um, <laughs> that's not faking it. Uh, that's Keith's old. Yeah. That's his yeah. whole vibe. Our, right? our, um, our other guitar player, Paul Gurin, is actually a really fantastic um, slide player, and he 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 would play in in normal tuning, you know. And, and uh, but because I played, a, you know, the original stuff, played the slide, you know, I, I'm I'm stuck with it. I'm stuck with all that open G stuff, which I, it's great. I love playing it, but it's changing guitars every two two songs, you know, to play this open G stuff, you know. Right. You know, right. I, I was I was the one I was the one that actually was that was taught taught that off of Jim Cregan when he was producing us because um, he thought we were playing in that anyway. He said, "Oh, it's great to hear a band playing in open G tuning," and and we were like, "What? What's that?" Because <laughs> we just used to play, you know, just a G chord and C chord and all that. So um, let me ask so you. So he this. taught me that because. Because Spike has such an original voice and it, it has such a unique quality to it. Have you ever had to change the tuning for live versus the studio? Or what, have you nah. always gone A440 standard E tuning? Or do you, have you ever gone a half yeah. step down? What is your, what's your tuning? The tuning is just regular tuning. We, we, we haven't gone down a half step yet. Never. And we... Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, yeah, he's he, he's got like a sort of high register, you know, that he, that he can he can hit. But um, uh, it has been suggested a couple of times to make it easier. He, he's like, oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I can't be bothered with it. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know, because I'm wondering it, if it's so yeah. much in his if it's so much in his wheelhouse. It's so much of a a uh, muscle. It's it's just so you know, mm. normal for him to sing that. And he's got that uh, completely down and, and it might sound weird if he was to change the pitch of something, he might have to completely yeah. change his, his muscle memory. It just seems like his Maybe. throat has muscle memory. It could be. And, you know, like I said, with, cause we don't get together that often for the, you'd have to have a, quite a few rehearsals to get back to get into the groove of that, even for the guitar players. Cause we, we play a, half a step down with the down and outs. Oh, you I mean, do? Okay. Yeah. M most, I think most rock bands do play half a step down and it, it does add a, an extra thing in a way to, you know, dynamically through the guitars, but it, but it's also very different playing it. You have to get used to playing in that. It, even though it's just a half a step down, it's quite a drastic thing. You know, even if playing lead, Everything changes. You're yeah. over bending, you know. It's, it's, right. So, no, I do that all the time anyway. But yeah. <laughs> for those of you out there that are listening, that are playing in bands, if you want to be nice to your singer, definitely go down a half step. If you want mm. to be super nice or you want to try and sing yourself, go down a whole step like myself mm. <laughs> with my solo stuff. Yeah. And uh, you can drive your bass player crazy because now they're playing yeah. a whole step down. Or if you just want to tough it out and be in a band in Sweden, you go standard E-tuning because almost every band I've played with in, in Sweden has always been standard E-tuning. I think, I think if you, I think the, the thing is uh, it depends on the singer. I mean, 
I guess if, if you're going to record a record, maybe record it in normal tuning, and then when you go out live, you can take it's it easy. down half. You can take it down half a step, you know, and it's not that. No, it's not going to be noticeable to the audience. You know, I love it. Well, hey man, um, because of the sort of internet sort of uh, making you a bit of a uh, witness protection yeah. agency type of person. We, I've been told by our producer that For we can't to leave. put any, no, we, we just can't uh, put anybody else in the studio right now because, okay. um, because it would mess with the internet. So unfortunately, sorry folks out there, I can't let you in right now because I need to have Griff for a couple more minutes and get his ear and just have him hype up what he's doing right now, what's going to be happening when all this C word stuff uh, sort of we're back in the clear. And it's kind of weird now because we are at that time where everyone's like, hey, man, it's been great. I've, I've taken a time out. I've had uh, times to sit back and reflect. But now the sun's coming out. Now the summer festivals are supposed to be mm. here. And now there's no summer festivals. But looking on to past that, do the Down and Outs and do the Choir Boys have plans for late 2020 or 2021 at this yeah. point? Yeah. Well, the Choir Boys, um, because we're working all through the year, usually, um, we had a lot of gigs booked. So we have a lot of gigs rescheduled. Uh, some of them are rescheduled for later this year. Right. Some have been rescheduled to next year. So there's pl- there's loads of stuff in the book, and a couple of festivals obviously have been rescheduled uh, for so, next year. So obviously, choirboys.com or just hit you up on your Instagram yeah. um, sites. We yeah. are going to try something. All right, just for just, we'll try it once, and we'll see if we can get someone on because I just got word in my in ears from my producer that we could try to bring someone on to see but like i say you're still a little bit fuzzy up there but let's bring deggy on and see if uh, this will work with, with the internet hello deggy welcome to the show yeah well, how's it going guys how are you yeah man you got guy griffin right now do you have a question for guy how's it going dude all right yeah how are you yeah no it's just a, it's a question for both of you guys actually really um <laughs> What's your favourite venue to play in the UK? And is there any left on your hit list that you've not played yet? That's a good question. Go ahead, well, Guy. Do you have, you, I mean, you've probably played them all. Is there any ones that you uh, The The garage in Glasgow is fantastic. fantastic. I love playing in there. Um, the, uh, the Forum in London which used to be called the town and country. Amazing. You know. Yeah. Um, sick. Like, yeah. Um, uh, but not, um, not in, not in, not in Roxy. Go on. Sorry. Well, I'm going to be a little bit, uh, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit obvious here and I'm going to say, because I've played Wembley arena enough times and I'm very oh, happy to yeah, do that. Man. It's always great to say, to, to say you've played Wembley, but yeah. I also, I want to say yeah. I played Wembley and played Wembley fucking stadium. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. There's one. Uh, there and I know they're all very, it's like the Foo Fighters yeah. and Queen are the only two bands that have done yeah. it. But at the same time, I know there's, but, but I would love to one, one point with Alice yeah. when he's doing so, sort of his yeah, farewell thing, farewell, you know, Wembley stadium. Cause I think Alice has, has that sort of uh, impact for the UK, but you never know. Yeah. I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, just, Wembley Stadium's changed. Yeah, it's a it. new one now, but it's still uh, still Wembley. 
Yeah, so you can still say hello, Wembley. Well, thanks, Deggy, for coming on. All yeah, right, man. man. I just want to say I'm very. Yeah, man. No cheers for having me. What did you want to say? Oh, I just want to say um, I'm just want to say cheers to the choir boys for having my band Gorilla Riot open up for you for the orchestral oh, shows in London yes. later this year. Gorilla, Gorilla Riot. Yeah, actually, I've. Um... Johnny, uh, our manager, sent us sent over the the stuff, and I was having to listen to it. So it was, yeah, we had to approve it, and I approved. It was fantastic. So it'd be great yeah. to meet up with you guys when that when the gig happens. Great band. Things come, but uh, no, I just want to say thank you. Oh, cheers, dude. That's uh, well, really nice. You, to hear. No worries. Cheers, cheers for Have having us on one. the show, and we'll see I'll you look there. Forward to seeing you in September. Yeah, mate. Nice one. Nicely done. There you go. And you got the hook. You got everything. Everything happened for you. Yeah. Vic, Vic gave him a hook and it was great. And he asked a question. But honestly, yeah, the, the, the Internet was a little bit dodgy. It was. Um, so, so we'll stick with some of the questions that are coming in from the chat, which we thank you very much for uh, being a part of these live stream in the trenches. Because sometimes we tape them and, and we film and have them pre-taped and then we air them on weekends and thursdays but i love tuesdays to do the live stream and i love hanging with someone that i've been able to have a long history with we're, we're both you know when we're we've been in the trenches man there's we're, no doubt about it we're still well, playing guitar the coconut teaser in uh los angeles <laughs> now that's a big that's yeah a gig. Oh, that's a yeah. yeah that's a gig I just, I just yeah. actually found out that Len Fagan passed. Away. Yeah, yeah, ter- you, know, awful. you know, such um, a great guy. He was such a. We remember how he 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 really nurtured the the bands that he liked there, and really yeah. really helped him out. You know, for all the right reasons, he was a really cool guy. You know, really cool well, guy. Yeah, I, with Electric Angels, the Coconut Teaser was basically cutting our teeth. They they were mm. our stomping grounds. I'm does that it's probably held true with Glimmer. Does, was was yeah. Coconut Teaser still going with Glimmer? Yeah, yeah. Started off playing in there and, and pre sort of Glimmer, but the same thing. You know, my, all the bands I had and okay. and uh, you know, five. There was about what seven or eight bands a night and big scramble to get all your gear set up and then do your thing you know so it was so before i know it was before like a a back line like they the universal back line was actually so like nobody really thought of that like everybody has to bring their amp and their whatever you know ratty car that they have and they have to like bring it up at the staircase and stuff and try it bring it up the staircase when you're sober is fine yeah, but, it's the, you, but but it's the bringing it down at the end of the night when you're drunk yeah. and you're when, you, to... when you you're soaking up the glory and yeah. you forget oh, oh oh shit of course you know you all of a sudden oh. you're a rock star and you forget that you've actually got all this gear that you've got to load yeah. out you know the coconut yeah. teaser yeah. glory I love it ah there's my burning question where do you get a producer how do you find an arranger well mm. I mean are when you do your songs you're pretty much the arranger of it, aren't you? Or, yeah. yeah. You know, now, or, now, nowadays, but you learn all that stuff. If you're lucky enough to have worked with good producers, you know, where uh, we'd soak it up, you know, with like, if you work with Tony Visconti or people, you know, we, we yeah. work with a lot of producers ourselves, Chris Kimsey and, you know, people like that, nice. Bob Rock and all that, you know, all those kind of people. But, um, 
What album did you do with Bob Rock? Because I did, the, I did a the second album. album. Oh, the second album. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah the second the second album, uh, um, Bittersweet and Twisted, in Vancouver. I'll be straight up yeah, about yeah. Bob. Bob was uh he was scrutinizing my chords though when I when I played when I played. Oh, yeah. G- Oh, dude, he he could hear every overtone that 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 mice yeah. couldn't hear. So, yeah. so I mean, he really did put me through that ringer. But the yeah. end result, as far as an album and a pop album, if you listen yeah. to Tal Bachman, song for song yeah. for song, he did great. a great job yeah. of that. But yeah, I, that was a great song. It's great. Song, and that was and that was the album that he yeah. did with you, obviously, Bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to Little Mountain Studios, and we and then we did some of it in London, and then uh chris kimsey worked on it as well I you know a lot of awesome like i think that's actually really good advice that you gave is like how do i find a producer well hopefully if you can work with one of them i we we've Mm. both been able lucky enough to be able to work with a bunch of them Um, you know tony visconti jack douglas produced the, the slash of snake pit record i i talked about bob rock and you as well with chris kimsey these are all Mm. people that are really quality quality producers so you try to sort of pick their brains and sort of take notes when you see them behind yeah. and then eventually become a little bit of your own you know producer so yeah, do you and, think you, you, oh, i'm sorry go ahead i mean and you find with a lot of these producers they have their their certain little tricks but a lot of the time they're just sort of trying different stuff out just for the hell of it and sometimes yeah. it works sometimes it doesn't it doesn't because i mean it's different for different bands, you know, you, you apply different things to different bands. And also it's just, it's more about, more about being a people person as far as handling fragile egos and, isn't that and, yeah, in the studio, you know, and, and, and a lot of, a, a lot of musicians are very intimidated by the studio, right. you know, it's very intimidating atmosphere back then anyway, you know, going into a big studio, the, you know, that's costing a thousand dollars an hour or something you know i think i'd be a good producer at this point like what you're saying i would be a good producer in the sense of what a traditional sense of a producer is i was like oh that's good that's bad that's shit and Mm. and 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 sort of form the songs of what it was but not dial up the tones because that traditionally is what an engineer would do yeah an engineer is great at that and so i i feel that at this point i could deal with those egos because only because i've spent my career playing in bands with not fragile egos but just large egos and you have and you Mm. should have a large ego Uh, you know i I heard this today you know if in order for people to love you and respect you you need to love yourself and respect yourself so i get the whole dealing with an ego and that's yeah you've got to have some sort of you've got to have a certain level of confidence that's for certain yeah yeah and and so do you, so i think that at this point even just playing in a band as long as you've been playing in all these bands and you know and and playing with huge names you know that you have been playing with you have to it's more about the hang and this is a reoccurring term theme that we have in in the trenches where you know everybody's really happy that they get to learn about the gear and they get to learn about the person's career but how do they manage to stay in those bands how do they manage Mm. to work through that and stay in this business and i think it's not so much about the practicing because you have to know your instrument isn't it about the hang and being able to Mm. deal with other people as well yeah you've got to 
yeah, the thing is with being in a band, it's 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 fantastic. You know, when you're in your twenties or you know your, your teens or your twenties, because you're like a gang. You know, right. you know, it's you against the world, and you haven't got all these outside things that the real world that comes in later on. You know, um, and then then it becomes you know just putting up with each other's things you know yeah you know you know i mean it helps if you don't have to room with it with anybody which oh, which we single we, rooms yeah yeah, Sing, that, yeah guess, that's the it, thing i guess if that's if there was one thing a piece of advice for people that are in bands the minute you can go to single rooms just to yeah. get that sort of break. Cause that yeah. was what the difference was than any band I had been in before to the Alice Cooper band was all of a sudden you had a single room and that gave you just enough space that you would look yeah. forward to seeing the guys in the dressing room. Yeah. yeah. That's what we, that, that, that's what we do. And, uh, and that seems to work. And, uh, I want to get you, to this question right here because, um, is there anyone guy would love to collaborate with? Cause that's going to lead me into my sort of <laughs> thing. Yeah. Apart from Ryan Roxy, of course. Ha ha. It's yeah. funny that you said that. So <laughs> when we, when we close out the show, <laughs> I might have something for you. Yeah. No, but is there anybody else that you would like to, um, that, that you haven't collaborated with? You're, you're obviously playing, you know, with Joe Elliott now. Mm. And is who, who would you like to maybe, jam on stage write a song with um well i was i was actually kind of in contact with charlie star from blackberry smoke i hope right, he doesn't yeah. mind me saying that but he was actually our first lot uh, in the trenches uh podcast member yeah a podcast interview he was the very first one that we had yeah oh so, yeah charlie star is a great guy very talented guy you know just just uh guitar playing obviously but the voice and the you know um, yeah yeah it's really it's it's the real real deal um i mean i like a lot of i like a lot of sort of uh, americana sort of stuff as well as like bands like the jayhawks and people like that and then i like a lot of the sort of pop rock stuff like jellyfish and all that kind of stuff you know there's a lot of those type of musicians that aren't necessarily in the the rock and roll field that i'm in because you know we've kind of got that covered you know with the yeah. choir boys thing you know um but there, i mean there's there's so many people out there that are, that are super talented you know um but it it it's good nowadays that it is actually easier to get in contact with people and say all right i'll send you a guitar track over there you go and or a vocal track you know <laughs> it's you know well the, the one thing that all those bands that you just mentioned mm. not that they were just influenced yeah. originally by british bands but you have the accent you have obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have the accent that they would kill for. In I've, fact, got the, I, I've got the Nigel Tufnell, haven't I? You know, I know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, goes, goes to 11. It does. Speaking of, that'll be our last Sunday live stream Sunday, yeah, yeah. episode 11. This one goes to 11. So that's what I want to talk to you as we close yeah. it out. So, right. um, folks, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on, spending the time with us. Um, I know you have like, you. a million different you know, podcasts to listen to a million different live streams going on, but you chose to spend the time with uh, Griff and I, and this was Griff's uh, first live stream, a podcast that he's done. And so I just want to thank you for doing it. Did you enjoy the experience? Oh yeah. All right, we'll do it, do it again. again. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Absolutely. We'll hang on the line real quick. And yeah. folks, like I said, there will be a Sunday live stream Sunday episode 11. It's actually called This episode goes to 11 so you'll be finding more and more about that in the coming days but thanks as always for tuning in if you'd like to uh, find out more about uh, myself that's just uh, hit subscribe on the ryan roxy official or just at ryan roxy on instagram and vic if we can put that uh, uh griff's Instagram right there. Follow Griff right there at Griff69Picks right now on the old Instagram. And of course, at Choir Boys on Instagram. And we will get out there uh, before the end of the year, hopefully. If not, then definitely 2021. But uh, maybe perhaps me and you before that, because we'll be in the trenches again. Thanks again, uh, Griff, for showing up, man. Thanks, mate. All right, man. Until next time, folks, uh, we'll see you and enjoy the ride. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello.